Do you want to run further, faster, or stronger? Do you want to enjoy your running more and generally be a better version of yourself? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Alan Ladd, a running coach and nutritionist. My aim is to help you improve your running from 5Ks to ultras by providing you with the knowledge and tools you need on training, nutrition, and mindset, as well as giving you the inspiration to dream bigger, achieve more in your running, and to make it fun at the same time. Welcome to the Running Rules Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 47 of the Running Rules Podcast. Five New Year's resolutions for your running. I hope you've had a brilliant Christmas and you are still enjoying some time off before New Year. This is the last episode of 2023. I really want to thank you for tuning in all through the year. And if you've only just started listening to this episode in particular, then thank you very much. It's uh, really appreciated as always. Um, I'm going to focus on New Year's resolutions because it's something that this period in between Christmas and New Year is a classic time where we're just sort of sometimes just sitting around, not as much on, you know, we're not working necessarily. Obviously, some people are. And um, if you are, then um, fair play to you. Good luck and hope you do get some, some rest soon. But quite a lot of us may be sitting around a bit more, sort of reflecting on the year, looking ahead to next year. And quite often it can be a time where we start thinking about doing some radical things in January that are going to lead to big gains next year. And depending on what those things are, quite often they're unrealistic things, maybe things that we don't even need to do, but we feel like we need to make a big effort. And by setting our stall out with big, bold things that we're going to do, we think that we're going to be able to change things massively and move on to much bigger things. And then what what tends to happen if that is too grand a vision, changes are too radical, then we might get through a week, two weeks, three weeks, but sometime in January, certainly towards the end of January, um, weather's still bad outside, you know, all of that sort of euphoria of Christmas and New Year is, is gone and we end up sort of falling off things and really struggling with what we set out to do. So I think there's always a balance to be had. I think on the other end of the spectrum, you can sort of think, well, there's no point in making any changes because, you know, New Year's resolutions are a fad, they never last. And I do think it is good at this time of year to have a think about what's happened this year, what you can do next year. It's a, a natural point in the year where you have... Most of us have a little bit more time and it's sort of a natural point to think of where we've got to and where we want to be in the future. And we do need to do that periodically. Um, It doesn't have to be at New Year, but it feels like a natural point in time to do that. So I'm not against New Year's resolutions per se. I think where they fall down is where we don't really get the things that we really need to do down on paper 
or we don't get our vision out there and then break it back down to where we want to be. So one good thing to do is to come up with a a really big long-term plan. Where do you want to be in 10 years, five years, one year? Start working back to what you need to do today to be able to make that long vision happen. And sometimes it is big changes, but quite often it's just getting on top of some of the little things. And especially with running, I think there's a big temptation sometimes to say, I'm going to suddenly run, you know, seven days a week. uh, And you are struggling to get consistency with three days a week, or you're going to enter a hundred mile race uh, when you were struggling with a 10k, you, you do something radical to try and shift yourself into action. And when whilst that can sometimes work, I always do think um, it's a good idea to have a race, for instance, on the calendar that you're working towards, because then that really sort of focuses your mind on, right, well, I actually have to do something. Um, because you don't want to be turning up to races underprepared um, and going through what that means on race day when you don't feel good, um, you feel under-trained, you feel underprepared. It's not a good feeling. So if you've been through that before, and that is quite often a good thing to think about if you're struggling with a goal in the future, is to think, Am I going to be struggling if I put this on the calendar? But I do think having something on the calendar that is manageable focuses your mind to to be able to do things now that are going to help you to race well when that race does come up. Because I think the flip side of that is if you don't have anything, then it's sometimes really difficult to get into action. So if you have a race, for instance, at the back end of next year, that's a long time to really start now thinking I need to do something. I find it all the time, actually, even with with people I talk to, clients or people that might be thinking of working with me. People find it really hard to think any more than a cycle out. So quite often you'll hear people say, well, I've got a spring marathon but it's more than 16 weeks away, so I don't really need to be thinking about that now. And the truth is that we can always be doing something to move towards the goals that we have way way away in the future. If you only work in sort of little short block cycles, then you don't get that that the benefit of that increased sort of building on top of each cycle you get sort of a boost and then it drops and then a boost and then it drops. And it's, it's whilst progress is never linear, you do get more sort of peaks and troughs if you're not sort of focused in on really periodizing your training for a whole year, couple of years and thinking long-term picture, what do you want to be able to achieve, you know, in many years to come? I think that That journey can take a lot longer when you're only focused on the short term now. Um, It can it can feel productive in that time that we're actually training for something very close. 
but there's plenty of time in between things that we don't really stay on top of things. And that is where really fitness can be built and maintained for the long term. And that's that's really where I've seen success with with me and my clients is when they stay consistent throughout the year, throughout several years, that is where you, you keep going up on that upward trajectory. And yes, you might have a couple of dips in there, but they're not going to be right back to square one. Um, whereas if you don't keep it going, if you have too much downtime or you don't have a focus for a long period of time, that's where it can, where it can really slow that progress long term. So these things that I've come up with, these five things are things that maybe you're not necessarily going to think of straight away. If you think about um, running goals for 2024, you might be thinking of, well, how many days am I going to run? Uh, what pace am I going to run? What target time am I going to do in my next race? What races am I going to do? And that all of that is good. But these are things outside of that that I think really do make a big difference. I see it with myself, I see it with my own clients. Um, and they're things that we sometimes overlook. A lot of these are not necessarily that exciting in terms of big out there goals. Definitely have those goals, but these are little changes that you can bring into your own um, schedule to really sort of help with those long-term goals. So the first one is sleep. Um, massively underrated tool. Um, I think we have different different thoughts around sleep. Um, some people, I think, have this idea of it has to be eight hours, has to be good quality sleep, Um and if you can't get that in, then there's no real point trying. And with everything in life, there's there's not a, a right and a wrong answer, but there's certainly a spectrum with most things. So eight hours is not necessarily the right amount for everybody. That's the first thing to say. But if you can't get eight hours in, can you get seven and a half hours? Can you get seven hours? What can you do to maximize that sleep time? It might be trying to get a nap in uh, on certain days. And again, it's, it's something that builds up over time. So if you're constantly only sleeping five, six hours a night, that sleep debt builds up over time. Um, whereas if you can do, you know, five out of seven nights uh, a good sleep and then a couple are not so good, maybe you can offset that with a couple of naps in there. There's so many ways of trying to get around this sleep problem that I think a lot of people just think, well, it's sleep. I didn't get the best, but I'll just make the most of of, of everything else that I can do. The sleep is going to make everything else easier. When you're tired, it's really hard to, first of all, make good decisions, um, but secondly, to perform well as well. So you've got that doubly double-edged sword if you like because if you're not making good decisions you're not making good nutrition decisions you're not making good training decisions you're not prioritizing the right things 
And then when you do actually get into those training sessions, it can be really hard. You can feel really sluggish as well. So it's a double-edged sword and one that I think most people, if they really put their mind to it, can do something about. Um, a couple of things that spring to mind for me. Um, when I'm not sleeping well, I tend to make bad mistakes around sleep. So it's kind of a, a constant cycle. So if I'm really tired and I'm scrolling on my phone, chances are I will just continue scrolling on my phone rather than thinking, well, I'm pretty tired here, need to get that phone away, go to bed. And that is because it's, it, in, it increases the chances of you making poor decisions. Um, and there's also this self-sabotage feeling you're already feeling tired, so you're thinking, well, what's another half an hour on my phone going to, to change? But all of that does count, and all of it does matter. So that's one aspect where getting getting the phones, the screens away at a certain time and always sticking to that, um, especially if there's no reason to be on there. If you're happening to work late, that's unfortunate. But can you sort of build your plan around that. Can you say, right, I'm going to work to 10, then everything's going to go off. I'm going to have half an, half an hour chill time, and then I'm going to go to bed. Trying to set those boundaries, set those times um, is really helpful and really going to help you to get the most out of your sleep. I, I, I know for myself, if I don't go to bed, you know, when I, when I normally do, it can actually be harder for me to get to sleep because my body's used to going to bed at that time. And if I then go beyond that period of time, I think the body starts or the mind kicks in and says, right, well, you must be up for a reason. Um, so I'm going to keep you awake now because there's some reason why you need to be up doing this. And it's kind of a vicious cycle, as I say. So look at your times that you go to bed, what you do and around those times, are, are you scrolling on your phone in bed? Try and get those screens out of the bedroom. Um, try and think about the uh, environment as well. Is it, is it nice and dark? Is it Make sure it's not too warm in there. Um, I have a full um, giveaway sheet on sleep if you do want that. Uh, message me the word sleep at the running rules on Instagram. There's loads of suggestions in there, or we could do a whole episode on sleep, which hopefully we will do at some point. But if you want more ideas for fixing sleep issues, then do um, send me a message and I can give you that. The second one I want to talk about is stress. Um, similar to sleep, um, it's going to be one that really makes a big difference to people. Again, if you're stressed, then your body is already sort of in that fight or flight mode. When you come to do sessions, that's more stress on the body as well. So you put putting yourself on the more injury risk there if you're stressed and you're doing hard sessions on top of that. Again, it's hard to make good decisions around sleep, nutrition. So with stress, this is going to mean different things to everybody. Um, it could be work stress. It could be home stress. Even running itself. Yes, running is going to be a physical stress, but it can be a mental stress as well. Um, 
which can be a problem for people who use running as a meditation type tool. Um, I definitely think that running is massively beneficial for the mind. For me, I definitely feel my mood slips a little bit when I'm not running as much. So it's really important for me, but it's also important to get the balance right because if you start having a load of stress around running in terms of you're stressing about paces, um, races coming up, um, how you're going to do in those races, when you're going to get out for runs, if that's all getting a bit stressful, that can be a problem. So I always advise people who do use running as a stress relief to also have other tools in the bag and for me it was probably music um, is the main one for me either playing music or listening to music it could be something else that is you could use actual meditation for instance you could use something that's methodical uh, like coloring or knitting or sewing something where you just get lost in what you're doing and it can sort of really let your mind sort of free up of everything else um one other thing that's sort of related to sleep and and stress together is i always think it's a good idea if you're worried about things before you go to bed to get those down on paper now it doesn't have to be full-on journaling some people really like journaling some people think it's not for them but just getting things down on paper is kind of a mind dump and getting that stress out so that you can then focus on the sleep and know that you can pick up those things again in the morning can be really beneficial so do look out for stress if you know that your job's particularly stressful at the moment or home is a bit stressful or whatever it is Try and look out for that and make sure that you do take time for yourself and do take time to manage that because it's really going to help with everything in life. Obviously, the relationships that might might be strained, but also it's going to help with your running and hopefully as well guard you against injury risk because the more stressed out you are, then the more that combines with the, the physical stress that you're putting yourself under when you're running and some people really like to go hard as well when they are stressed because as I said re- running can be a stress relief for me it would be slow easy miles meditative miles for some people it might be going and really hitting paces hard and harder than they really should be and that again is a bit of a danger there about putting too much stress into that bucket and um making things worse for yourself, running the risk of illness, injury, and all of that. So sleep first, stress second. The third resolution is consistency. So for me, it doesn't matter if you are running two days a week, seven days a week, five days a week, four days a week. Whatever it is, whatever you can manage is fine. And that is going to push you on. Those different levels might push you on at a different rate. But essentially, it doesn't matter how much you run, but it matters how consistent you are. So if you try and run 
six days a week and you're struggling actually to get three in, you might get six in for a couple of weeks and then you dip down and you do one and then you might do three and then you might do two and then you might just drop off completely because you were trying to get to six and you haven't managed it. That is really where you, you see little to no progress. What is better to do is to be honest with yourself about how much you can get out. Look for those pockets of time. And for most people, there is probably more time there than you actually think if you're creative about it. So a really good time to do it is first thing in the morning. Yes, it's a bit harder at the minute when it's dark outside, it's wet, we don't want to do it. But if you set everything out, set everything out before the night before you go then it does make it a little bit easier um so that is one way to do it maybe you can create some time in and around lunchtime um if you're working um and you get a lunch break that's a good time to fit things in when i worked in the office that was when i got a lot of my runs done maybe it's around uh kids clubs time maybe your kid plays football and you're going to leave them there and then there's going to be an hour where you're just sort of either going to be watching or scrolling through your phone or not really doing that much. You could probably get 40, 50 minutes in there while that's happening. I do that sometimes on a Saturday morning with gymnastics. I leave um, Caleb in for gymnastics and then get my run done, uh, which is prescribed for about 50 minutes. So that fits really well. Um and you could do things late at night. It's my least preferred method, really, because especially if you're doing hard sessions, that gets the stress levels up. It's then harder to sleep after a hard session late at night. Um, if you're doing something easy, maybe that's a, a possible time as well. So think about these things. Also think about um, Things like club sessions are really good because when it's on the calendar, when it's a set thing that you have to be at a certain place for, sometimes that makes it easier for us to create the time to do that. When it's just us saying, oh, I'll go out later on 12 to 1 and then something happens, we kind of go, well, I can move that to 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock. And then eventually you move it so many times that it just doesn't happen. Um, that's why I prefer doing things first thing in the morning because it gets it done, prioritizes it, and then it's done. And you feel good the rest of the day as well. It really makes you feel more energized, um, especially if you're fueling right around it. Sometimes I'm zonked after sessions and it's usually because not because of the session. It's usually because of the lack of fueling around it, which I'll talk about again uh, in a minute. But cons consistency is key. That's going to be what gets you to the next level. If you can string lots and lots of weeks at that consistency um, on top of each other, that is really what's going to push you on. And it's also a way to build up to the next level. So when I first ran my uh, first sub three marathon, that was really when I first got consistent with my training. If you look back at previous marathons to that, my training was quite sporadic. Yes, I might have been ill in there somewhere, but you'd see weeks with lots of miles on and then weeks with no miles on. It was kind of all over the shop. When I did that first sub three, that was really the first time that I, I stuck to four days a week rigidly. 
possibly doing a couple of days um, extra. Some some weeks I might have been doing five weeks, five days. But most mostly I was keeping those four day four days a week um, consistent. And once I was able to do that, that built the confidence that you know I could do five days on the next schedule. Um, and then I built up to six, and I've been on six since uh, for the last three years. Um, I haven't done any double days in there. I haven't never run seven days a week um, in the last three years. So it's that consistency. And even though I haven't done any extra days in that time, I've still improved. Because then once you've got the consistency, you can change up the training to make it more beneficial for you. But if you don't have that consistency there, it's really difficult to to keep going with that with that training and making it any better especially if you're on a f- not that many days a week because if I drop a day from six days a week I can just drop an easy run and do five it's not going to make a huge amount of difference if you're only running two or three days a week and you have to drop a session that's going to make more of a difference so yes it does help when you've got more days but to get to more days you have to be able to do three days consistently or four days consistently or five days consistently. So think about next year. What can you actually commit to? What's your starting point now? And try and get the sweet spot of what's going to work for you and try and stay consistent on that. Um, If you can see your weekly mileage is consistent or, or slightly building, but those those number of days are staying the same, um, your monthly mileage is roughly the same every month, then that's a really good sign that you're getting really consistent with your running. The fourth one is recovery and thinking about recovery, not just after a session, um, which is, is also important, especially the longer the session is, the more you've run, the more important it is going to be to get more nutrients back into the body not just protein which i think is what we tend to focus on um which is more come from a a bodybuilding background once you've done your session you want to get that protein in as as fast as possible because you want that muscle to build up to get really bulky as long as you're eating protein consistently through the day as a runner then that's probably going to be fine but after a long session, it's getting the protein in, but also getting the calories back in are going to be important for recovery. Then more thinking about spacing your runs out through the week as well. So if you this is easier to do if you're on fewer days a week because you can if you're doing three days a week, you can always have a day off between each each run. If you're doing four, then you'll have definitely have two back to back at some point. If you're doing six days a week, as I do, then you're going to have one day off a week. Everything else is going to be together. So then within that, it's thinking about what sessions work well together. Obviously, easy sessions want to be in between. If you're not having a rest day, then instead of a rest day, it's going to be an easy day to be in between other sessions. So you don't want to have two uh, long long or hard sessions back to back um, some people do do like the park run quite hard on a Saturday and then run a long run on a Sunday I tend not to do that I did do that a couple of weeks ago but I tend to 
try and keep those split up or if they can't be split up then keep that long run really easy so I wouldn't be doing any pace in that long run having done a fast park run for instance um, some people think you know if they've got a session on a Tuesday and a Thursday and they miss the Tuesday that they can do it on a Wednesday and then have the Wednesday and Thursday back to back that's also not a great idea also think about where strength is coming in you don't really want your strength sessions immediately before your faster sessions because you want to be nicely recovered for those faster sessions so thinking about all of that where is that recovery coming in another one that I've been thinking about recently is where in the day you are running your sessions it's much easier if you can run all your sessions at the same time because yes if you're younger you probably probably doesn't matter as much but I've certainly found if I'm running a hard session on a Tuesday night which is our, our club session or in and around that then I quite often feel quite fatigued still on the Wednesday morning because there's only 12 hours recovery there yes you've slept in between but it's not really as much recovery as I probably would like or need that Wednesday run's gonna be <clears throat> very easy so it does help but I'll never be doing a session on that Wednesday morning so it does help but it's still for me it's much better to do the Tuesday session earlier so that I've got more recovery time to that Wednesday even with it being easy um, because I then do my strength afterwards so you don't want to be too fatigued um, from day to day and that might come down to the timing of the sessions as well. So think about recovery, certainly after longer and harder sessions, but also think about recovery in terms of spacing your runs out. If you need any help with doing that, send me a message at The Running Rules. Usually it's fairly easy to work out where things should go in a week. Um, sometimes it's a little bit difficult, like as I say, with... If you're doing more days a week and you've got some kind of constraints there, so if you have six days a week but there's some constraints around which where your where your long run has to be and where your rest day has to be, that can be a little bit difficult to work around. But usually it's easy enough to work around whatever schedule you have. So if you're struggling, send me a message at The Running Rules on Instagram. And the final one kind of ties in with this is to plan your nutrition and there's so many reasons why planning your nutrition is really important. The first one I would say is because if you don't have your nutrition planned it can be another form of stress and we go in, in and out of phases of having it well planned and not so well planned. I think for us it's quite difficult because I do all of I'd well I do most of the food prep um and planning around that do the shopping the cooking all of that but I'm trying to cater for me Louise and the boys and for me what's easiest is having one week sorted and then repeat that um some people that would be too boring some people might want something different for every day in two or three weeks and then rotate that for me seven meals in the evening 
on rotation works. Where it falls down is after maybe a few months of doing this, some of the dinners go out of favour or the kids aren't really fussed on some of them from the get-go or we fall out of love with them. And then it's trying to fit in or, or, or find something else that fits in there instead. Sometimes that doesn't always happen um, and we just go, well, we're not doing that, but we don't have a backup plan. That's one thing. Obviously, the other thing is when something happens in the schedule that's out of the norm. Say there's a some kind of event on and we're not going to be eating at home. Um, then you need to start planning around those because or you can just eat out, which is also fine. Um, if you're doing that a lot, it can become both expensive and probably not the best food choices that you could make. Um, but certainly once in a while, that's going to be fine. But if it's happening quite a lot, then it's sometimes we need to plan around those events. And we've definitely had to pull the time back that I'm starting to make things because we need to be out earlier to things. And I was finding that there wasn't really enough time to get the cooking done, get the meal done. And we're out um, before we've really sort of finished our meal. We're sort of rushing to get through it. So it, it can add a lot of stress. It can end up meaning that you're making poorer nutritional choices. If you haven't got anything planned, it's really easy to get the, the takeaway menu out and go for it. And I'm all for a takeaway when you really, really want one. And maybe it's a special occasion or you're really looking forward to it. That's a great time to have it. Um, it's not a great time to have it when you just haven't planned very well and um, it's kind of a, you know, you, you haven't got any other option there. Um, I really don't like getting a takeaway if I'm not really 100% wanting it um, and it's really just there for the convenience. So definitely go for a takeaway from time to time if that is something that you enjoy and want to do. When it comes to just sort of making it about being convenient, it's really hard to justify both the, the cost and the the fact that it's not going to be quite as nutritious as something you could make yourself. So that's where things like batch cooking can really come in handy. You know, you can have things in the freezer that you've made a big batch of before and frozen half of it. You can get those out and and make that instead or defrost it and make it um things the freezer can be really useful as well things like frozen veg really handy in there as well that you can just add on the side of things as well so do plan your nutrition from a running standpoint plan your nutrition around your training as well it's really important especially on longer and harder runs to eat to both get nutrition in beforehand and after um, especially for faster sessions you want to be fueled going into those sessions so you don't need to have necessarily a, a big amount um, before you have you do a session but you certainly want something smallish that you've had you know one to two hours out from that session so that you feel like you're not running on empty during that session 
and then round long runs, because you're burning so many calories, you basically burn around about 80 to 100 calories per mile. If you're running a long run of, say, 10 miles, that's going to be up to 1,000 calories. And if you haven't eaten before it, which you probably should have something before it, if you haven't fueled during and you get back, you might just be having your breakfast, which is probably going to be less than 1,000 calories. So you're still going to be in a deficit before you've, you know, got to lunchtime. So it's really important to plan your nutrition in terms of getting enough in and around those sessions as well. So general life, it's really good in terms of reducing the stress around preparing meals um, and having things there. Around your runs, it's really important so that you have the energy. If you don't feel properly around a long run, then you can just feel zonked the, the rest of the day, possibly into the next day as well. So if you are feeling like that, um, then do think about how much you're eating on those long run days. Again, if you've any questions around fueling, um, around long runs or harder runs, do send me a message at the running rules um, because it's so common that you find people aren't really thinking about this and just thinking it'll be okay. And whilst it might be okay for most of the time, you are more susceptible if you're not eating enough to illnesses, injuries creeping in. Um, and even if you're not getting illnesses or injuries, you might just be feeling really zonked and not able to really function properly the rest of the day, sort of needing a nap, um, just needing to lie down, not being able to have the energy to do things in day-to-day in -day life. So do think about that. Um, it's really, really important. Um, and yeah, hope the, hopefully those five tips, the sleep, stress, consistency, recovery, planning nutrition, are things that aren't radical ideas, but they're little things that are really going to help you to get a solid base around your running. If you have that solid base, that's when you can build on top of that and really start to see results. If that solid foundation is there, then you can you can really push on and do well. But if it's rocky, that's where you really can start to struggle and you can get you can get really good progress for a little while and then something happens and you have a setback or um it and it makes the progress very sort of up and down. So you might get a good cycle, get lucky, get that time that you want, but you won't be able to necessarily build on it cycle after cycle after cycle. So do think about all of those things. Do enjoy the rest of your holiday if you are off. Um, any runs that you have coming up, um, I hope you go well in those. This is the last episode of this year. So if you are a new listener, thank you so much. If you've been listening throughout this year, then thank you so much. We uh, are nearly at 50 episodes now, which is quite exciting. Um, so I want to thank everyone who's tuned into any of these episodes. Um, looking forward to 2024. Looking forward to it on the podcast. Um, Going to have uh, more guests coming through, which are exciting, a few lined up already. 
Um, if you think of anyone that you want me to get on, let me know because um, I will definitely try and get people that you want to get on. And um, yeah, I'm excited for my own running next year. I've got Manchester Marathon in April, Chicago Marathon in October. So that's pretty much the most of the year planned out. Um, there's not much wiggle room for anything else in there. I was thinking about some kind of challenge next year, but I think I'm going to be pushing that out into 2025. So we'll have to wait a little bit more time for that, see if that materializes. But Manchester in April is the next thing on my radar. I ran it in 2022. It's a great course for a good time, really flat good um, support around it, not necessarily as big as London, which makes it less overwhelming in a way, um, easier to sort of manage the start line, getting there. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, let me know what you are working towards yourself. If you need any help, do reach out to me at The Running Rules on Instagram. Um, I'd love to talk to you about what you're doing in spring. It's right upon us now. Um, if you have got a marathon in spring, you will be dusting off those uh, training plans. Um, but it's so much more than just the training plan. There is so many other facets to getting a good time. Hopefully some of the ones that we've talked about today will help. But definitely, with, especially with the marathon, then you're looking at race fueling as well. You're looking at executing and pacing right as well and all of those specific marathon training sessions so that's all stuff that I can help you with um, just message me at the running rules if you're interested in any kind of help there um, you do a free consultation to start off with so there's no obligation to sign up for anything at the start just get a chat and see what your race goals are and what help you need and see if you're right fit for coaching. So if that is something that you are interested in, message me at The Running Rules on Instagram. Thanks so much again. Have a brilliant new year and I will speak to you in 2024. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and I hope you've got something to take away and action in your own running. If you enjoyed the show, please hit subscribe and recommend it to someone you know. If you're struggling with your own training or want to get faster and stronger and not sure how to, therunningrules.com forward slash coaching is where you can find out more about getting personalized help with your running and nutrition to take you to the next level. Have a great week, stay consistent, focused, and most importantly, enjoy your running.